When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very good morning. It is Thursday morning, December 15. Nice to have your company. Welcome to listeners on SENQ. I've been away uh, with the World Cup semi-final. France 2, Morocco 0. France will take on Argentina in the final. Coming up this hour, we'll look at uh, the last 24 hours in sport, including another gold night for Australia at the World Short Course Swimming Championships. We'll hear from Manus Labashain. The bullet's beaten again. There's some NRL injury worries around. Luke Gatehouse is in Tasmania, so we'll try and catch up with him. Heels his gloves off uh, today is around concussion and the issue that uh, the NRL and all sports uh, are having with concussion at the moment. And we've got another bunker voucher to give away uh, for you to play with a couple of mates on any golf course in the world you would like in air-conditioned comfort at Hamilton. But that is still to come on the program in the next hour. Brighton Homes open line, 13 13 55. Or you can send us a text 0467 736 736. As I mentioned, there was more gold last night for Australia at the World Short Course Swimming Championship. It's been a terrific start. So Lani Pallister, won gold in the 800 freestyle last night. She set an Australian record of 8 minutes, 4.07 seconds. Uh, we won gold in the 4 by 200 metres relay. Uh, a world record, another world record in the relay. So uh, Lani Pallister was involved in that. Maddie Wilson, Molly O'Callaghan and Leah Neal and Kaylee McEwen won gold in the 100 backstroke. So let's hear, first of all, Kaylee McEwen's gold in the 100 backstroke. McEwen and O'Callaghan. Kaylee McEwen has done it. What a finish. She is something special. We have some of the best swimmers we've ever had at the moment. That's saying something when we look back at uh, the history of Australian swimming, particularly on the women's side, to see Kaylee McEwen and Emma McKeon, of course, yesterday, uh, anchoring that 4 by 100 metre relay team. Well, she wasn't in the 4 by 200 metre final. The girls set a new world record again, though. As I mentioned, Pallister, Wilson, O'Callaghan and Neil. It's another gold medal in the offing for the Aussies. Canada's taken over the US for second, but the world record is going to be obliterated, and Australia continue in gold medal form. Yeah, another world record, another day, another world record, 4 by 100 now the 4 by 200 metre women's team setting a world record in winning gold. So three gold last night to go with the couple on day Number one and day three tonight promised to be another terrific night of swimming. And we'll catch up tomorrow morning on the program with Brooke Hansen to round the week out and have a look at the, the first three days of these World Short Course Swimming Championships. And remember, uh, some of our key swimmers aren't competing. There's, there's the Queensland Championships on at the moment where some of those are at, including Arnie Titmus is competing uh, here in Brisbane in the Queensland Championships, uh, so missing the world short course, but we've had a terrific start to that. We might as well stay on the women's theme because our women's cricketers defeated India by 21 runs, bounced back really well after losing their first game of 2022 the other night, beaten in a super over by the Indians. But this time Australia 8 for 172. 
defeated India 7 for 151. A half century to Elise Perry. She scored 75 off 47 deliveries. It was the quickest half century she has scored in any form of uh, cricket for Australia, whether it be T20, ADIs, or even in a test match. Uh, so Elise Perry was named player of the match for her 75. Grace Harris scored 41 off 18. It was a sluggish start to the Australians. Lost a couple of uh, wickets early, but Perry steadied the ship, and then Harris uh, blitzed India to get us to that 8 for 172 total. And Elise Perry spoke about the win after the match? I suppose uh, the first couple of uh, matches we've only sort of used a few batters so um, yeah selfishly speaking it was nice to get an opportunity tonight but um, I thought you know Grace especially was exceptional there with um, such a quick fire innings and um, yeah I thought we, we battled hard at the right moments tonight. Yeah, and Elise has been under a little bit of pressure. Hasn't played uh, T20 cricket all the time for the Australians and in the one days as well. Um, And her strike rate at times has come under question. She was asked about that by uh, the Indian host after the match. And here was her reply on her performance and her strike rate. I really enjoy um, any opportunity that I get to play for Australia and um, I think one of the coolest parts about that is just the challenge to always improve and, and keep working on things and um, yeah it was really really good fun tonight I think um, it was a great team effort it was, it was wonderful to have a you know pretty comprehensive win in the end as well which is always nice. Yeah 21 runs was the final result there. Um, Alyssa Healy is captaining Australia in the absence of Meg Lanning. So two wins and a loss from the three uh, match series at the moment for Australia against India. Here's Alyssa Healy's thoughts on the win last night. Yeah, we did. Uh, we pride ourselves on um, on that middle order and what they, the damage that they can do. And I think they showed when they got the opportunity tonight, um, they did just that. And we put a, a score on the board that um, our bowlers did a really great job to hang in there and defend. So Australia defeating India by 21 runs, 8 for 172. In reply, India 7 for 151. Elise Perry 75 and Grace Harris 41. The Heat tonight take on the Renegades in Cairns. They get their BBL season underway tonight. We wish the Heat the best of luck. But uh, all eyes will be on the Gabba on Saturday as Australia take on South Africa in the first test of what promises to be a cracking three-test series. Brisbane then to Melbourne for the Boxing Day test, then the New Year's test in Sydney to round out uh, a three-test series. Manus Labashain, a bit of focus on Manus, of course, because um, he was born in South Africa, moved as a young boy here to Australia, and he's taking on the nation of his birth, but he loves being at the Gabba, and he spoke about what it's like playing in Queensland. Coming off the back of runs into, you know, playing in a place where, you know, you feel comfortable, you've played a lot of cricket, you understand the conditions, um, Obviously, haven't played this bowling attack, um, so that's probably the the one outlier. But um, yeah, it's certainly something I'm looking forward to. It's going to be one hell of a battle. He is in outstanding form and takes on a West uh, South African attack that is a lot better than the West Indian attack that he's just faced. This South African attack, it's pace, 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 and really quick play, pace as well. Kagisa Rabada, one of the key bowlers there, but uh, we'll hear from Alex Carey shortly about him. Uh, but Manus will be tested. There's no question about that. Uh, he spoke about uh, what he expects to come from the South African bowlers. I'm assuming that with their pace attack, their percentage plays there, that they will absolutely go short at some stage if that's at the start or, um, you know, from the very beginning or if it's, you know, at the back end if I'm in, then, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm certainly going to make sure that I'm prepared for anything they're going to throw at me. I think he might get a short ball or two. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think the uh, South Africans will try to uh, ruffle a few feathers of not only Manus Labashain, but the whole Australian batting lineup uh, from David Warner and 
and Usman Kawaja through to Manus and then Steve Smith. Travis Head will cop a few as well. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens with Cameron Green when and if and when he gets to the crease. But uh, a very quick bowling attack on a sporting wicket here at the Gabba. But Manus also spoke about the key to winning the first test. Runs is what's going to win the test series at the end of the day. I think both teams have the capabilities of taking 20 wickets. Um, so it's going to be about how many runs um, each team can get. And this is the first test, as we discussed yesterday, heard from uh, Andrew McDonald. Everyone, is every player, every coach involved in the test match on the weekend is being asked about um, Sandpaper Gate, the first test match between the two countries since the, the infamous tour of South Africa. And Manus had this to say about Sandpaper Gate. We've sort of buried that and it, it, it's, it, it's something of the past. And I think... Um, you know, moving forward, I don't think either team's really going to delve into to that part. Um, but like I said, I can only speak from what I think and, and from what our side is thinking. So that's about the test match. Now, Manus, as I mentioned, born in South Africa, moved here as a young boy. He was also asked about, uh, when he was growing up, his batting idols. You know, there was obviously heaps of South African players growing up. You know, the likes of Jack Hallis, Sean Pollock, you know, Graham Smith, A.B. de Villiers, all these guys that I... You know, as a young kid growing up in South Africa, you look up to these guys and obviously coming to Australia um, and, you know, really diving into the Australian culture and, um, you know, obviously looking up to the likes of then Ricky Ponning, you know, Damien Martin, um, you know, Michael Hussey, Michael Clark. You know, I remember, um, you know, getting a V900 because Michael Clark had a V900 and, um, you know, that was one of the coolest bats ever with, a, like, the, the spine on the back. Um, and likewise, you know, as your career evolves, you just you know, grow and grow the liking to different players. You know, it doesn't always matter the country. You know, the amount of times I love watching Sachin bat, um, you know, watching Brian Lara bat and those guys. So you just kind of almost, you look at the game in a different sphere and you almost like how certain people and players do it. And I'm sure there's plenty of kids around that uh, have Manus Labashain as one of their batting idols after his uh, recent run of double centuries and centuries for Australia. But that test starting at the Gabba at 10 o'clock on Saturday, and you'll hear a full description right here on SEN from 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. Promised to be a great series and a great test match. Well, the Brisbane Bullets were in Cairns last night with their third coach in a couple of weeks. It was uh, another loss, 85-76. They tried hard but just uh, couldn't hang on right through to the end. Um, They've had a – not only with their coaching turnover, of course, James Duncan sacked a few weeks ago. Sam McKinnon stepped in and then he lasted four games before going back to the general manager of basketball for the Brisbane Bullets. The players – I believe, weren't made aware of it until they turned up at the airport to head to Cairns to take on the Taipans last night. Greg Vanderjart, who is the assistant coach at the Bullets, he was the second interim head coach that the Bullets have had this year. He was in charge last night for the loss. He was asked at the press conference after the match his thoughts and what it was like for him to coach as a head coach in the NBL for the first time. He didn't want to answer that initially. He said, we need to discuss, I suppose, the elephant in the room. And he wanted to have make a statement on what has been happening off the court for the Brisbane Bullets in recent weeks. From a club perspective, from a team's perspective, um, what's happened has happened. Um, all I want to talk about is, is the playing group. Um, that's the staff's concern and, and my concern is, is for, for Sobes and, and the rest of the group is, is their 
welfare and well-being, like the distractions are frustrating. There's no doubt about that for the group. Um, they've been through a lot over the course of, of the season, um, over the course of the last couple of years, like going back to 2021, when I first became involved in this thing uh, with the COVID season and delays last season, all this and that. So the, the, the group, the playing group has been through a lot. Um, the club has made some decisions over the, over the past couple of weeks um, that, that the club is entitled to make. Um, what we need to do moving forward is, is compete and play for each other like this group did tonight. Um, we need to find some consistency in terms of what we do off the court as an organisation. Um, there'll be a lot of questions about what's happened. Um, right now, they're questions for our CEO and the ownership group. And that's fair enough, but where are they? I mean, we've had Greg stand up and have to talk. We've had Sam McKinnon. We've had Nathan Sobey. We've had pretty much everyone uh, from the playing side of the Brisbane Bullets, but we haven't heard from the CEO or the owners. I know the owners are overseas, but uh, they're running the club and these things are happening off court, which are affecting the Brisbane Bullets on court. And this one's proud franchise is just stumbling at the moment with no direction, no leadership, no anything. Um, and from what you're reading here, the uh, machinations behind the scenes are starting to take their toll. The players deserve better. The fans deserve better. Those that turn up and put their hand in their pocket to go and watch the Brisbane Bullets pay deserve a little bit better, deserve some sort of direction. I know that they're speaking to various coaches, etc. but, uh, yep, it's time, I think, for either the owners or the CEO to face the media and say, this is what is happening, this is where we're at, this is what we're trying to do, and to clear the air. I feel for the players, Nathan Sobey, Aaron Baines, all of them, uh, Jason Kadee, you can rattle through the whole squad that have had to put up with what they're putting up with over the last few weeks. Add to that COVID a couple of years ago or a year or so ago. And the fact that last week against Melbourne United, they had seven fit players and they had to drag a player in uh, as an injury replacement. Things um, are pretty bad this year for uh, the Brisbane Bullets. But Nathan Sobey, to his credit, in front of the media again last night after the loss to Cairns, and he tried to put um, a brighter light on the club. It, it's a feel-good situation, even though it's a it's not the um, outcome we wanted. Um, just to be able to sit there next to the people in the locker room and just look to the person next to you and say, "Hey, like you did everything you could um, during the situation and and stuck with it, even though I shot I shot the ball horribly um, and." The ball was in my hands a lot of the time to make those decisions. So hopefully, like, moving forward, I'll be a lot better at that. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't fault what the group's done um, considering what we've been through the last, not even just 24 hours, but just changes in the last two weeks. Um, but, yeah, we, we got a good group. And luckily they got a good group, but they deserve better. Um, and so do the fans. Um, so we hope that the Brisbane Bullers get their act together. They've got to go to Adelaide to take on the 36ers who – we're a fair side, <laughs> Adelaide. So they haven't had luck. They haven't had much luck with the draw either. The Bullets. They were in Melbourne on the weekend, then they fly to Cairns to take on the Cairns last night. Now they're going to fly to Adelaide to take on Adelaide on Saturday. They've barely been at home. They've got no coach. They've got no direction, and they're struggling. They need their owners and they need their CEO to stand up and make some concrete decisions to get the club back on track.